0: Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. champions. Wrexham are promoted. They have. y'all and welcome to the Wrexham Texan. My name is Jake Green. All right y'all we have had um, this is gonna be podcast number two of this week Um, and I'm talking today about the game versus Sutton United as well as the episode of Welcome to Wrexham entitled Glove Triangle and I've got a lot to say uh, about the latter. I have some things to say about the Sutton game as well. So let's just uh, get right into it. But first, before we get right into it, let's not get right into it, actually. <laughs> um, if you haven't yet, go follow me on Instagram and Twitter, WXM Texan, on both platforms. Um, I post Texan of the match, quote of the day, tweet of the day or X of the day, whatever you want to call it. Don't really care. I'm calling it a tweet. Um, I'll probably call it a tweet until the day I die. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but, uh, yeah, head on over there. I try to interact with folks, try to, uh, chat with folks on those platforms. Um, especially during the, during the Wrexham games. So, uh, head on over there if you want to follow along and interact with me and some other folks on Instagram and Twitter. So. Let's jump in. Let's watch some highlights first and then uh, talk about the match. So here we go. Let me increase full screen. Here we go. It's just two minutes. There's basically no audio. Uh, The shorter, shorter highlights. It's a very, um, we definitely dominated this game. I mean, as far as possession and just most of the statistical categories. Uh, and man, this shot, Mullen, what a <laughs> stupid good. And here's Barnett with a s- just rocket. Into the bottom 90, goalie was able to stop it. And then Jones gets it back. Was that Mullen? I can't tell now. And Palmer almost got one in. Great double save by the goalie. Just one right after the other. And then the ref freaking out about O'Connor going five steps too far, even though they did the exact same thing. And then you can see right there, Palmer got his his jersey pulled. Palmer just gets abused. And then Tozer, poor header by Tozer. Sets up their one goal of the game. Beautiful play by them. Fantastic cross, fantastic finish. Um, yeah. And then this little, <laughs> this shot by Mindy coming up is bonkers. I, You would not have thought that would have been a good shot to take, but man, he got so close. That goalie was just slightly out of position. If that had just been a foot or two shorter, it would have gone in. And then here we go. Connor passes it over to McLean. McLean driving in, launches it into the middle. He gets headed out straight to Elliot Lee, who sends it like a rocket through the entirety of the box, past the goalie to get us the game-clinching goal. Um, Absolutely incredible. I mean, fun, fun ending to the game. I feel like we definitely should have... (laughs) We should have beat them by a lot more. I know they did destroy Knott's County earlier in the season, but, man, they I think they've only won twice all season, uh, which is, man, it's it's painful that it took us that long to put that game away. Um, I had predicted a 4-0 finish. It was a 2-1 finish. I was way off. It was not great. Uh, I was watching half the game on my phone as I was doing, uh, I do real estate photography when I'm not doing anything else. And uh, I was walking around the house with phone in one hand, camera in the other, just snapping shots with one hand and watching the game <laughs> with the other. So uh, I hope those shots turned out okay for the client because I was very distracted um, during during yesterday's shoot. Um, let's go over some stats and talk about talk about the game real quick. Uh, let's see. I don't like how does that, let's see. Share this tab instead. How about that? Boom. There we go. All right. Like I said, we dominated in most of the statistical categories. Like it was, it was crazy how much we beat them by in, in terms of all of these stats, but man, when it came to the score sheet, We just did not do as well as we should have. It took us 89 minutes to finally put this thing away. And um, possession, 69 to 31. Dual success rate, 58 to 42. Aerial duels, 61 to 39. They did beat us in interceptions, 8 to 4. Uh, Offsides, they had 5. We had 1. We had 10 corners, 1 to their 2. 10 to 2. Uh, let's see. What else? We had 582 passes. They had 269. That is, is that over double? That is over double the amount of passes we had. They had 61 long passes, though, um, to our 70. So we barely beat them in long passes, but our accuracy was almost 80% and theirs was 57 Passing accuracy in opponents half sixty nine to forty eight crosses. We had thirty three crosses. They had eight. Our accuracy was twenty four percent. Theirs was twenty five percent. So our accuracy could have been slightly better, but uh, basically the same. Basically the same uh, percentage of crossing accuracy. On the attack, they had twelve shots. Let me let me remind you they had possession for 31% of the time and they had 12 shots. We had possession for 69% of the time. And we had 15 Their their shots per minute of possession destroyed ours. So they took advantage of the times when they had the ball, they really pressed us. Um, there wasn't, you know it wasn't for very long obviously it was for less than a third of the game but when they did have the ball they were in our box or near our box and and really pushed forward and and pushed to our end of the of the pitch uh they had one shot on target guess which one that was um we had five uh we had five block shots they had three they had eight outside the box no, they had six outside the box. We had eight. They had six inside the box. We had seven. Um, our shooting accuracy was 33%. Theirs was 8%. So if they had just been more accurate, they could have easily won this game or at least tied it. Um, we, I don't know what we were doing, but we, this, this should have been something where we dominated them. I mean, I know I, I know it's, it's football and, and, Everybody in this league has, has some good sides and bad sides. And, but man, we, they are just not in good form. They have not been playing well. I don't understand how this happened. We're going to talk about Tozer here in a little bit. Um, let's see our defense. We had 18 tackles. They had 10 uh, about the same tackle success rate. They had 34 clearances and we had 25. That's a ton of clearances, y'all. Um and like I said last episode, clearances I think are a good indication of who is winning the match overall and the fact that they only had nine more clearances than us. Um I don't know. We yes, we won the match, but we did not we did not play as well as we should have. <laughs> Uh, We had 10 fouls conceded. They had six. We had three yellow cards. They had none. Um, I honestly, since I was watching on my phone, I didn't get a good... I wasn't able to see as well um, when it came down to fouls or penalties or anything like that. So I can't really comment on the refereeing because the phone screen is tiny. I'm moving around. It is what it is. So I don't know how that turned out, but man... I do not care for how we played yesterday. It was extremely painful that it took us that long to put Sutton away. Um, Mullen, though. Mullen, that goal was unbelievable. A sick curved shot right over the goalie, hit the post, and in. Uh, Yeah, classic Mullen. That had to have been from like, what was it, like 25 yards out? maybe. I mean, that was a long shot because it was to the opposite corner. Uh, that was, I mean, what a shot. That's what that's what makes Mullen Mullen. He's just so freaking good. Um, what else? So Tozer came in the game after O'Connell got hurt. O'Connell was my Texan of the match uh, the game prior to this. Um, didn't know it, but apparently so many people picked him to be the man of the match for that game. Um, I just thought he played phenomenally well. And it was really unfortunate to see him go out. Um, I was excited to have Tozer back in to see see what he did. And man, I love Ben Tozer, but gosh, it just it seems like he's maybe lost a step. Um he made some unforced errors, some critical errors, one in particular um, that very easily could have been the reason why we got one point instead of three if it hadn't been for Elliot Lee. So, I don't know. I'm, I, I'd am i be interested to hear other people's thoughts on this. Ryan and Sharon talked about it on the Me, the Wife, and Wrexham podcast the other day. And I just, oh, man, I feel for the guy. Like he's had a rough year, but he just might not be, um, might not be able to make it in the starting lineup anymore. And I hate to say that because I love that dude. Um, I loved watching him play past two seasons. Uh, loved him on on the documentary. He has been a rock as far as this team goes, and it's just not seeming to go well he also seems to have gotten in a couple tiffs on the field with a couple of our own players uh seems to be a little tension when he's out there so i think it might be time to have him ride the bench and be a sub yeah or maybe have less of a role than that i don't know but man it's a There were some glaring errors yesterday, and we cannot have that, especially when we're coming up against Knott's County this week. Um, I'm going to pull up the league table so we can just marvel momentarily at how beautiful things are. We are in automatic promotion zone right now. 27 points, Knott's County with 30 we could tie them on Saturday. Uh, well we'd still, unless we get four goal differential on, on Saturday, uh, we'll still technically be one spot below them, but we'll tie them in points and then Stockport still on a freaking roll. Um, they've won at least six games in a row. I feel like it's more than that. This, this page says six games, but I think they won one or two prior. So they are, Crushing it. We're also doing pretty well. I mean, we've won three out of the last six, drawn the other three, haven't lost in a while, and Knotts County has. So, Knotts County, not in the best form at the moment, but still crushing it. I mean, still, you know, they have 30 points. They've won nine, which is two more than we have. They've drawn three and lost three. They've lost more than we have, but they've also won more than we have. Um, we just keep drawing. We keep drawing a lot. And I just hate a draw. We don't really end games over here in, in the U S with draws. It drives me a little nuts, but it does make sense in my, it does make sense. I can see the pros and cons of either playing overtime, extra time, whatever you want to call it, playing extra time, I can see the massive downside of if it's still tied after that going to penalty kicks because I do not think your season should be determined because of PKs. Uh PKs is barely in my opinion barely part of the sport. It doesn't really prove who the better team is. Uh it's more of a game of like who the some of the best individual players are, not not your team as a whole. So like I would never want to end league play games on PKs. I, I much prefer to save that for tournaments when it's absolutely necessary. So, uh, but maybe an extra time. I just, I, man, I hate draws. I hate it. Um, draws drive me insane. So, and that's probably just the American in me talking, uh, cause I'm, uh, f- y'all don't seem to have a problem with it over, over in the UK. So it is what it is you know, I'm not advocating for any changes to be made (laughs) in that regard. (laughs) Let's just keep it going. Um, Let's see. What do we got next? Um, Actually, let's. I want to scroll down. Let's see. Mansfield, Crew, Accrington, and Gillingham are the four in the playoff race at the moment. And then Sutton, obviously, still down at the bottom. They've only won twice. They have seven total points. I mean, horrendous season. Forest Green Rovers are down there. Tranmere Rovers are down there. Uh, That's, man, I'm so glad that we're doing so well. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, the top three teams are teams that have been promoted in the last two years from the National League. That just tells you how good the National League was uh, for the years leading up to now. And Likely still is. Um, we'll see what happens next year with whoever gets promoted. But the mere fact that the three top contenders in League Two are were in the National League last year and the year before is pretty telling on how strong the National League um, actually is and uh, how it's just sometimes a stroke of bad luck, victim of circumstance, just like last year, the, the mere fact that Wrexham and Knotts County both did record-breaking seasons, and yet only one of them was automatically promoted, that's just that's just a load of BS. I mean, the fact I'm so happy that Knotts got promoted as well, because they absolutely deserved it, um, which everybody's talked about before. But I uh, thought I'd reinforce that sentiment. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about our next game, our next match. Let's go to the live match center just to get it right up here. Knott's um, County, 3 p.m. kickoff time in the U.K., which means 10 a.m. on the East Coast, which is where I am, East Coast of the United States. Uh, recent results. We're, like I said, I already talked about this. We've been doing pretty well recently. Knott's County have been doing not as great. So we're in better form than they are at this moment. Our last five meetings, Wrexham won 3-2. Wrexham victory, 3-2. Knott's County, 1-0. Knott's County, 1-0. Wrexham, 2-1. This was all in 2023 and 2022. So... So many. Um, Two of those were in other competition matches. Uh, One was in the FA Trophy, and then two of those were in the Vanarama National League game. Um, This one being that famous Ben Foster save, which was, I mean, which will go down in in Wrexham history, is one of the best moments (laughs) to get us out of, the national league, absolutely fantastic. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to this. Uh, I've been, this has been circled, highlighted in bold on my calendar since, uh, since the schedule was announced. It, uh, it's going to be an interesting one, y'all. I, I, I want to talk about, or I want to make a prediction. I, man, I don't even know. It's at Knotts County, which is is the downside in this scenario. So it's not ideal, but, oh man. I'm predicting a draw, predicting a draw. Oh boy. I predict that we will tie with Knott's County, draw with Knott's County on Saturday. I'm going to say three to three high-scoring affair. It's going to be nail-biter. A nail-biter, not nail-biter. It's going to be a nail-biter. You're going to be gripping the edge of your seat. I'm going to be screaming at the TV. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about it. So there you have it. Three to three draw on Saturday is the prediction of the Wrexham Texan. Okay, let's transition over to the latest, not the latest, but uh, Welcome to Rexim episode titled Glove Triangle. Great name for an episode. Absolutely love that name. Um, all right. I got to pull up notes as well as prepare my... <laughs> got a lot to say about this one. Um, okay. First off, the the episode starts off, I mean, obviously it's about goalies. The whole episode is about the goalkeeper situation in Wrexham. Uh, you get to see Rob Layton come back and play at Bromley. He. They talk about how you cannot lose your job to injury on this team. I understand completely that sentiment. That being said, if you end up, and I'm not saying this is the situation that Rexham was in, but if you end up being replaced by somebody because you were injured, and that person turns out to be a freaking superstar, I don't necessarily agree with the policy of you do not lose your job due to injury. It's not fair. It's not pleasant. No one wants to hear that. No one wants to get injured, think they're the starter when they come back and then not be the starter because their backup is playing so stinking well. But it happens. And I think it's sports. It is what it is. Like it, you are owed nothing in life. Nothing in life is owed to you. Uh, you got to work for it. And you'd have to prove if you're coming back, you'd have to prove that you are the better for that position. And again, th- this is not necessarily what happened with Wrexham because Rob Layton is a fantastic keeper. Uh, but Mark Howard did play 38 games leading up to this point and kept us at the top of the league. So uh, Rob Layton probably could have done the same thing. But the fact that Mark Howard did do it should mean something in in regard to him being able to keep his starting spot. Um Mark Howard though, you learn a lot about his character in this episode and man, he does a great job of keeping it together, staying positive. He says that he is here to support and help Layton as he comes back and takes his job. That's that's some character right there. That's amazing um that's the kind of person you need on your squad when I, especially one uh in the goalkeeper position because yeah they they mentioned in this episode there can only be one you know there's multiple defenders on the field at a time there's multiple midfielders multiple strikers uh or forwards and um only one goalie that's it so the fact that mark howard is so understanding and is such a team player, probably made things so much easier for everybody, um, especially, pl- like, I'm sure that, like, different loyalties begin to form between different players and different goalies, so I'm sure there are some people who liked Layton being goalie more than Howard and vice versa, and so if you have some type of contentious relationship between two of the goalies i imagine that creates some especially if the goalies are in content in in like uh up for the same position and have have a right to it um like have a claim to it not a right a claim to it um i imagine that that could divide a locker room and make things very tense awkward and that's never good for morale it's never good for team cohesion so The fact that Mark is so understanding, so, so much of a team player, I'm sure made things so much easier for Parkey and all, all the coaches, but they play Bromley. He hurt himself the past two games that he played at Bromley. And this is what happened this time. Here we go. Mm. Forty-three minutes is gone, and I kick a ball. I, I just kind of like I just felt something weird, like just my knee. Oh, Rob, your freaking knee! You tear your MCL with just a simple kick. That is brutal. Um, there's been a massive trend recently of players and teams refusing to play on turf. And honestly, this is a good indication of why. Uh I know that one of the big injuries that happened in the NFL this year was Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles tendon on a turf field because his foot your your foot doesn't slide like it does in it just doesn't play like it does on regular grass. And so um So many injuries happen on turf fields and they're starting to, yeah, they're starting to be a movement to get rid of turf fields, um, which I'm completely behind huge fan of playing on grass. It's better in basically every conceivable way. The only way it's not better is that, uh, grass can die and get destroyed. Whereas turf is much more resilient. Uh, you know, if, if it snows on a turf field, you can just scoop it off. If it snows on a, on a, or rains, you know, on a, on a grass field, it's going to start to destroy it. So the monetary benefits are probably in favor of turf fields. But if you're looking out for the safety of your players, it is probably best to have a good grass field. Um, and so, it was clear. I mean, it's just so clear that, that that's what did it to him. And you just see him in this interview. He is unhappy. (laughs) He's not happy. He's not how he started off in the first season of welcome to Wrexham. He's, you can just see it in his eyes. I mean, it's almost like he's got dead eyes in that interview because he's reliving that experience. And I mean, that's in my opinion, that's the end of his career. And I hate to say that. I loved Rob Layton. He's a stand-up dude, um, fantastic keeper. I just don't think we see Layton play for Wrexham ever again. And that sucks. That sucks. It's just so bizarre that it was three times in a row at Bromley. Three times in a row, I just don't get it. Oh, man. So then we start getting introduced to Mark Howard. Um, fantastic signing, as Wayne Jones points out. The dude led us through the entire season last year and basically helped win us. The was a massive, massive part of helping us get promoted. Um, but we get to see some behind the scenes stuff with he and his family. And this, this scene just made me crack up laughing. You've got a plate for your cookies, you Bonkers. plonkers. Um, well, we've got a table. Who cares about plates? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just know that mommy and daddy will clean up after you, did not you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thought that was absolutely hilarious. Um, that's something that I would definitely have done as a child. And, uh, They kind of go on to mention, like, let's see, he talks about how he's been, he's coming to the end of his career, which he is, you know, he's 38, 39 now, maybe almost 40. Um, and they were trying to figure out what club to go to, to finish out his career. And they just thought Wrexham was a really good fit. And I said this last episode, multiple people have said that Anthony Ford said it last episode. Um, Paul Mullen said it in the first season. Elliot Lee has said it like Wrexham. Gosh, I just can't wait to get there. But Wrexham seems like a very welcoming and inviting town. Um, and it seems like it's a really strong community. And I like, you know, I like it when people move to places because the people there are great because um, the people aren't great everywhere. Um like our, my little cul-de-sac that I live in. The people are fantastic. But our last house that we lived in, that neighborhood, no, nah, not so much. So, um, yeah, it's great that we're able to pull in all these players and they're happy to live in Wrexham. That that makes things so much better. Let's see. Uh, his wife mentions that he's really good at, at coming home from from work and just unplugging from football entirely, um, and being a good dad. And he seems like a great dad. Seems like a great dude. Um, he starts talking about his yours, mine away, which I actually have never listened to a single episode of yours, mine away. Pretty embarrassed to admit that. Uh, I definitely should check out a few episodes cause Mark Howard seems like a really great dude. And, um, the production quality of his, of his set is fantastic. I always see his, his posts on his Instagram about it, but I never, never actually tune in to what, to what they're saying on the, uh, on the podcast. Um, he's studying journalism and media so that he's got things in place after football. Fantastic. I do not think enough sports players, athletes, whatever, enough athletes, um, plan for their future after their sport ends. Uh, you know, the super famous ones who are making millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars, obviously they don't have to plan as much because if they're smart with their money and they're saving, then they'll be okay pretty much for life. But for those, you know, in league two, league one, definitely a national league, they have to be thinking about it because they're going to have to get a job once their football career ends. Um, so I love that he is studying journalism and media and, and basically starting his next career before his first career ends. It's fantastic. He thinks he's still, 100% 100% mentally and he really wants to get to 40 playing football. I and mean, it's just so clear that he loves what he does. It's fantastic. Um we then come to the biggest news of last season, Ben Foster, coming out of retirement, coming back home in a way. It's a full circle moment where Rexham was he was on loan to Rexham when he got his first few starts and Now he's come back to end his career in Wrexham. So he starts and ends his career in Wrexham, even after getting a offer from Newcastle. Uh, And I don't mention that here, but, mm, oh, I don't think I wrote that down. Could have sworn I wrote that down. Um, But yeah, he turned down big money for Newcastle to come and play for peanuts in Wrexham, which we'll get to. Oh no, I did. We'll get to that in a minute. We have a, I I have a bone to pick with this episode. I have a bone to pick and uh, I'm gonna show you the clip and we're gonna discuss it at length. I friends call me and they're like, oh, uh, who's Ben Foster? Uh, We don't know much about soccer. I said, well, that's very simple. It's like signing the Tom Brady. The Kobe Bryant's of the world, the Michael Jordan's of the world, the Tom Brady's of the world. Ben Foster. He is that player. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Let's get one thing straight before I go on this tirade. Uh I love Ben Foster. He helped, he was a crucial part of one of the moments that got us promoted. He is a great goalkeeper. He has done a ton in the Premier League. He's done a lot for English football. He seems like a great dude. Um overall fantastic keeper. One of the like just a fantastic keeper. Um I have nothing at all against Ben Foster and I want you to remember that as I go on this tirade about the lunacy of comparing him to Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Okay, lunacy. Now, I realize that picking the best player of all time in any sport is a subjective choice. It's always subjective, okay? But we're gonna go through some lists, okay? We're gonna go through some lists. Let's see, add to stage. Here we go. This list. The 10 best goalkeepers of all time, named and ranked. Ben Foster, not on the list. Next one, 50 greatest goalkeepers in history. Ben Foster, not on this list. Another one, 10 best goalkeepers of all time. Ben Foster, not on the list. Um, okay, well, Jake, that's everywhere worldwide, you know, 10 best ever, 50 best ever. So let's let's narrow it down then. Let's narrow it down. Um, Best England goalkeepers of all time, not on the list. Best English goalkeepers of all time, not on the list. (laughs) Best English goalkeepers of all time, not on the list. Okay, let's narrow it down again. Best Top 10 best Premier League goalkeepers of all time, ranked, not on the list. Top 10 Premier League goalkeepers of all time, not on the list. 20 greatest goalkeepers in Premier League history, not on the list. Premier League's best ever goalkeeper, ranking the greats, not on the list. Okay, so you have, I have not found, I I went through, it had to have been close to 50 websites. While Ben Foster is fantastic goalie, did a lot in the Premier League, was the keeper for England. Um, he is no Tom Brady and he is no Michael Jordan. Let's go over some more tabs, shall we? Here we go. Uh, best quarterbacks of all time. Number one, Tom Brady. Number one, Tom Brady. Number one, Tom Brady. (laughs) Uh, Number one, Tom Brady. Number one, Tom Brady. Number two, Tom Brady. Somebody picked Gum John Elway of the Broncos, which he's in the top 10, but he ain't the top one. This person is definitely uh, biased. There's just no way he's the best quarterback of all time. Um, another one. Number one, Tom Brady. Then we go over to basketball. Number 1, Michael Jordan. Number 1, Michael Jordan. Number 1, Michael Jordan. Number 1, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Number 1, Michael Jordan. <laughs> okay. I realize this is overkill, but um I realize that I just repeated myself about 15 times. you're listening to this if you're watching it you're seeing that i'm going to different articles every single time different lists every single time if you're listening to it i apologize every single time i said number one michael jordan or number one tom brady it was because it was a brand new article in no way shape or form is ben foster should ben foster ever be compared to tom brady Like I said, Ben Foster is a great goalie, but Tom Brady, quarterback, the quarterback position in the NFL is the most difficult position in all of sports. Any sport in the world, the quarterback is the most difficult position to play. Not only that, Tom Brady. I I would argue there isn't even a case to be made that the best quarterback of all time isn't Tom Brady. That's how good that man was. As soon as he left the New England Patriots, they dissolved into obscurity. They are so bad now that it's actually painful and not painful for me, but painful for the fans, I'm sure, and painful for Bill Belichick. The year that he went down to Tampa Bay as a 39 or 40 year old quarterback, he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay, so do not give me this crap. Robin Ryan, you need to get your crap together because you either do not pay attention to either the NFL or English football. It's likely the latter. And then who was the, who's the guy who friends, let's see, is it Aiden Davison? Is that? Yeah. Aiden Davison. I would imagine that he doesn't pay attention to the NFL um, because he, I know I'm making a huge deal out of just this one little segment, but it is it is important. It is important when you're arguing about sports to get things correct. Um, because I could argue sports all freaking day. Um, in fact, I have me and my friends talk and argue about sports all the time, especially growing up. Who's the best this? Who's the best that? Well, I'm here to tell you that. Tom Tom Brady is incomparable uh, Michael Jordan is a great I mean there are some people make the argument that LeBron James or Kobe Bryant was better than uh, Michael Jordan LeBron might have the strongest case however he's not um, Michael Jordan is Number one, by far, of all time, period. I, I, I will, I will challenge anybody to that argument, and I will challenge anybody like just the the lack of. No, that's not the correct phrasing. Just the the mere fact that this was stated just proves to me that that they don't know what they're talking about in one form or another because that's crazy. That's crazy. Sorry, Ben, you're not the Tom Brady of soccer of football. Um, it's just, you're, you're just not, you're a fantastic keeper and I will treasure <laughs> memories of you playing for Wrexham, <laughs> but my goodness, uh, it's just idiocy to, uh, to, to say that, that, uh, Ben Foster is the Tom Brady of goalkeepers. Now, okay. Tirade over. Let's get back on track and round out this episode. Um, Let's see. Yeah. I mean, this is the point where they brought in a superior keeper and Mark Howard once again loses his job. Uh, This time to a guy who's new on the team. Granted, he just got out of the Premier League, so he's obviously the more talented goalie. Um, But this is Mark Howard's response. It's good for the club. I said, if it makes us better, we're we're all in it together. And uh, I I went, obviously, I had to hang up and go and watch my daughter's school play. You can just see the pain in Mark Howard's eyes. Um, Obviously not in this shot. His eyes are closed, but he opens them. You can just see it. Like... To swallow your pride that often and to allow the team to keep functioning as normal and to not throw a hissy fit or a tantrum or make things difficult, that takes so much character. And I appreciate Mark Howard so much for maintaining his cool, maintaining his his uh, mental state of whatever's good for the team is what he wants to do. That uh, that's a big man. Bravo, Mark! You are a stud, and I absolutely love it that um, that you're like that, and that that you have a good head on your shoulders. So keep it up. We have appreciated everything that you've done for the team, and. Yeah, sometimes you take a lot of grief, hate online, but man, you you absolutely crushed it for us. You are one of the primary reasons why we're in League Two now. So thank you for all of that. And yeah, I hope uh, I hope your career in uh, journalism and sports, uh, sports journalism, I guess, goes very very well for you. Um, let's see. Yeah, Newcastle had offered ben foster a job and he turned it down he took wrexham instead um, and this is what he had to say about the negotiation process to be perfectly honest yeah I, I don't really need much anyway so the negotiations quite honestly took about five minutes didn't they <laughs> negotiations took about five minutes he says he's getting paid peanuts to uh goal, be goalkeeper for wrexham which People doing things just because they want to be a part of stuff or just for the love of things, that that hits you right there. Like, I understand players wanting to get their money while they're in the sport, but man, he's a 40-year-old keeper. He got his money while he was in the sport, and now he's coming back to the place where it started to help them out of the National League. Because last time he was here, we were in... I believe it was League Two. It was either League Two or League One? I can't remember. But um so it the entire almost the entirety of his career, we were in uh the National League. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. And he was one of the ones to help get us back into League Two. That is such a fun story. I just love that story in and of itself. That would be a very interesting film to make. Hmm. Um Watch his YouTube channel. YouTube channel is great. It's probably great for the for the club. Last year, uh, love the love the GoPro cam in the corner of the goal. Love that. Love watching the the vlogs, um, the day of the game, and everything. And uh, let's see. They end one of these shots. One of these segments with this shot. which is like a really nice shot. <sighs> Something about it, though, stuck out to me. It just didn't feel like a normal, like, go-to-commercial shot. Um, I don't know. I-, I can't really put my finger on it, and I'm certain that no one else thought this, but I just didn't think it was the right shot, or there wasn't enough background music or just something wasn't, didn't fit the usual welcome to Wrexham style with this shot. So I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but I just wanted to point that out. Well, then he starts playing his, his first game back, which is, ah, who was it? That gamut. I didn't write it down. I forget. So. Whatever, uh, he does this, Let's, or he he does it. he makes this incredible save uh, during the first first match. He's you know wiping off the rust, all that good stuff, and uh, this is one of the responses. There we go, That's, That's Why man. we spend all those peanuts? That's a long man. <laughs> I love that. There's a callback to the peanuts. Um, Ryan just fits that in. Ryan knows story, y'all. Ryan knows that having Ben Foster on his own podcast say I'm being paid peanuts and then later on saying that's why we spent all those peanuts that is that's a remarkable through line um that's remarkable that, that it went you know that it's a it was brought back up again and he knew that that would be a very fun thing for the documentary and that's I, fig- I feel like that's just how his brain works um he's very impressive with anything in media. So um during this game I have I have an issue with own goal with certain things that are qualified as own goals. So the the goal in this one was tallied as an own goal. And I didn't save it, so we can't watch it. Well, maybe we can. Let's see. I'm going to apologies, apologies. This is going to take me just a second to pull it up here. Um I here we go yes i can do it i can do it um let's see i'm going to mute it cuz it's going to be too much so i'm going to have to play too much of it yeah here we go here we go here it is oh, God. I just do not consider this to be an own goal. Um, some build up nicely. Lee now. Left outside. Cuts inside. Beats his man. Squares it. Cannon. Helps it on first time. German shot. Off the ball. Like, yes, it hit off the goalie. Has he gone in? I think it has. However, I don't understand how this is qualified as an own goal. Like, I I mean, I do kind of understand because the last person it hit off of is the goalie. However, like, who was it, Cannon that shot it, I think? Um, the goalie was in midair when that ball hit him. He had no control over his body. It hit off the post, hit off the ground, hit him in midair, and then bounced back towards the goal. And he dove after it to try to hit it out. and it went in anyway. I do not care for that as an own goal. I think an own goal should be far more, um, like basically you have possession or you're the sole person. You're the sole reason why it went in the goal. I believe that should be qualified as an own goal. Whereas this, I think this goal should be given to Andy Cannon. Um, it was a fantastic shot, and it is what caused the goal. Uh, the goalie didn't cause the goal. He was basically a ricochet off of this shot. And so, yeah, I just don't just don't think it should be considered a known goal. That's all. So um, then we get to Ben Foster. I mean, he, he did fantastic first game for him. We win 3-0, and then we get to this fantastic quote from him. I get too high yeah. Don't ever get too low it's a simple try and stay somewhere in that middle bit if you can stay there you won't go far wrong darn right um that makes total sense don't beat yourself up too much and don't get too full of yourself um don't get too high in the moment don't get too low in the moment because things pass and you still have to be the goalkeeper you still have to perform and having you know going down into those valleys or up to those peaks can you know, it's a long way back to that middle ground sometimes and being able to stay in that middle ground and be consistent uh, with your attitude, with, with how you're feeling and how you're reacting to games and matches and mistakes and, um, victories. That's, I would, it definitely seems like a very important part of being a goalkeeper or just an athlete in general. So, yeah, fantastic advice for the end of this episode. Um, and we end with Knotts County still not having lost a step in the race for automatic promotion. So there you have it, y'all. That'll do it for this episode. Knotts uh, County coming up on Saturday. Looking forward to it. My prediction three to three. Um, like I said before, three to three draw at Knotts County. Going to be a heck of a game. Cannot wait um, go follow me, Instagram, Twitter, WXM Texan. And, uh, yeah, if you'd like to come on the show, I'd be happy to have guests come on here. Um, I believe my brother will be coming on soon once the FA cup starts because he has lots of opinions about the FA cup, which I'm excited about. Um, I believe Simon cook should be coming on soon. Talk about a little heat that I got in with a, uh, with a, a clip of me commenting on him <laughs> in one of my first video episodes. So that should be fun. Um, yeah, I think that'll do it, y'all. So let's, uh, let's go destroy Knott's County. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, while well, I chose a three, three tie three, three draw. Um, I still think we can kill him. Let's just. Pound them into the ground and get away with three points. All right, y'all. That'll do it for this week. Up the town. If my soul with all your heart, you're going to see it. You're going to see it. And if you knock my soul oh, with all your strength, you're going to find it. You're going to find it.